Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. Join Liam Creswick, Greg Beaver, and me, Scott C. Bourgeois, as we examine Hollywood's most mediocre movies and attempt to rewrite a better film. How could the Man of Steel be less a Man of Heel? What could Ghostbusters 2 have done to make Bustin feel good again? And what could have made Star Trek Generations a film for a generation? All these answers and more on I Have Some Notes. You can find that and subscribe right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Another week, another holiday to report on. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Alberta known holiday as uh, Family Day. Yeah, theoretically have a day off to do something with your family. Yeah. Which we did. We did. We took the kids swimming. Well, yeah, we went to uh, the Meadows Recreation Center here locally. It's newish, and uh, we haven't really been with the kids before. I've never been, so. So, yeah, we wanted to check out their, their pool amenities, which differ greatly from the uh, pool amenities closer to us. Yeah. I had a good time, a couple hours in the pool with the kids splashing, they having were, some fun. They were so tired. <laughs> yeah, and then we also went, they have a little indoor playground at that rec center. So we went to check that out and see what it was like, and then the kids spent another, like, 15, 20 minutes climbing in the jungle gym. I don't know where they got the energy from after swimming all afternoon. <laughs> they were tired by the time we got home. Our three-year-old fell asleep, uh, I think, two blocks away from the center yep. on our way to pick up dinner to go home. But, she was uh, tuckered. It was a good time with the family. Yeah, it was a, nice, family day. a nice family day with our fam jam. Indeed. We uh, did it. Don't know if you had a long weekend wherever you happened to be. If you didn't, sorry. <laughs> if you did, I hope you also had some fun times. Yeah. At any rate, another thing that you can always do when you have an extra day off is catch up on your reading. And uh, we certainly did that. And that is why we are able to report on yet another chapter. But before we do that... <laughs> A brief recap of our previous chapter in which Dr. Addie Cox attends an elven soiree, gets to uh, have a little chat with Dom, gets a little tipsy, and takes Dom back up to her room for perhaps an ill-advised alone time. I would argue very ill-advised. But uh, we'll have to find out if Addie is regretting her life choices as we segue into chapter 23 of Questland by Carrie Vaughn. So Addie awakens the next day, and Dom, of course, has woken up early and left. She will quickly discover as she gets dressed that he not only left, he also left with her stuff. Not all of her stuff. It's not like he's left her naked in the room. But he took some important stuff. Yeah, all of the loot that Addie's accumulated over the course of her adventure so far, he has left with, including her lucky D20. Oh, I would be so mad. And she's like, of everything he took... He should know very well not to touch my lucky d20. Right? Yeah. Like, I, oh. Okay, so first things first. I would also be livid if I had found out that someone I cared about who should know better took something that was super duper important to me. Yeah. Right? Like, gamers know a, a d20 doesn't necessarily have a lot of real world value. 
with the exception of, like, collector pieces, dice are not expensive. They are easy to replace, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a die. That's all it is. But it has so much sentimental value for her, right? Mm -hmm. She is attached to this one. It's her lucky D20. And he took it. I mean, the fact that he took stuff from her at all, that he went through her things and took her stuff. Yes. Okay, so if you've ever had anything stolen from you, right, you just feel violated. Yeah. Right? It's just, it feels awful. But to have something special stolen from you, I would be livid. I would be livid. Yeah. So I understand why Addie's now in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, she discovers this because when she goes to get dressed, uh, she puts on like a lighter, more simple dress because she still can't bring herself to put back on the grungy fatigues. I wouldn't want to put on the gross clothes either. Though she does put on her boots and kind of makes a mental note of it, makes her feel like she's got a foot in both worlds that way. But this time she's comfortable with that. Yeah. I appreciated that metaphor. Like it's not subtle. No. <laughs> we all know it's not subtle. No. But this is Addie finding her balance between these two worlds. Yeah, a little bit. Right? But when she finishes getting dressed, she notes that her fatigues have been moved. And then she rifles through it and discovers that all of her pockets were emptied. Not washed, which would have been nice. Yeah. Just saying. So she's already kind of in a bad mood when Larilyn shows up and is like, hey, I've put out some breakfast for you on the veranda. And Addie's like, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing here. Thank you very much. And then she like tromps off to go and snoop. She doesn't even... Yeah. I felt really bad for Larilyn. She's trying really hard, Larilyn is, to keep up this facade, right? Like, okay, no, Dom said we need to keep this lady in a fantasy world because she's that will make her happy. And what she has to deal with this morning is the angry force that is Addie Cox yeah, now. Who's had the fantasy kind of ruined by having... Yeah. Her stuff taken. And now she's pissed off. So she basically just like tromps up to where she can see some antennae sticking out of a, a nearby like treehouse tower. Yeah. She basically just tromps up as high as she can get. Yep. Right? And just like lets herself into Dom's security room. Well, he didn't lock it. it yeah. I mean, he doesn't really have any reason to lock it. His followers aren't exactly going to go snooping through his stuff. Well, and even if they did, they're all on his side. They'll be like, yes, it's his security room. We're keeping an eye on the island. And in spite of everything, Addie's not a prisoner here. Not exactly. <sighs> There's nowhere where she can really go, but they're not locking her in the room. And Addie even makes a mental note of like, well, if he didn't want me to snoop around, he should have locked the door. Well, it's, Same thing with Tess in a way, actually. Right? It's like I said before. It may be a very large, very pretty, very gilded cage. Still a gilded cage. Yeah. But she uh, sits down and begins, like, looking through feeds. And she confirms, yes, Dom is clearly looking through the statues because she can see the Sphinx on one of the yep. monitors. She Stock can see the little town. where they left it. And this pretty much confirms Dom has been aware that they've been there since the Sphinx, basically. Yep. She also sees several monitors that have like live images that are moving, and she deduces correctly these are his little raven drones that he's been watching people with. She notes one of them is now patrolling the coast, which she suspects might be a new development since they <laughs> penetrated the shield. Yep. And another one spots a group that seems to be making their way somewhere, and she gets curious if this might be like the mercenaries, but she can't tell. Everybody's bundled up. It's hard to discern who's with this group, but definitely Robin Hood is with them. Because at one point, he pulls out an arrow and shoots down the drone. Yeah. So she gets a glimpse of his face. She recognizes him. Yeah. Right? She's like, oh, okay, that's Robin Hood. And then the drone goes down. And I was like, yeah, good shot, Robin. 
But we don't know if maybe Arthur dismissed them and they're going home. Yeah, Maybe they're on their way to Tor Camelot. We don't know if Torres is with them because we couldn't see. We can be fairly sure they're on their way to Tor Camelot because of developments later in the chapter. I don't even know how live that feed actually was. Hard to say. The screens then like go out and Addie hears like Dom behind her like, ahem. Right. Okay. Did the whole thing accidentally blue screen? Like, did she do that? Did Dom do that? Because he's like, oh, she shouldn't be watching this. Hard to say. My assumption is that Dom turned it off. Addie's unsure. And Dom has the excuse of, yeah, the whole systems, the monitors are finicky. Which is plausible because certainly in our house, in our basement, where it's dry and cold during the winter, uh, if Anita walks within an inch of me while I'm working on my computer, the monitors (laughs) go out. There's, There's always a static shock. Yeah. Always. I'm like a crazy conductor. And I always make his monitor blip. Even if I, like, accidentally brush the chair on my way by, I make it happen. It's awful. plausible. Yeah. Again, plausible. However, Dom has become this crazy master of spycraft. And Uh, he's already rifled through her things. He's kidnapped her. He's spying on the island. I don't trust him as far as anybody could throw him. He is definitely doing all those things, but I don't know if I'd call him a master of spycraft. Sorry, master in air quotes, <laughs> let's be honest. But, like, the point remains, do not trust this man. No. No um, trusting. She realizes she's been caught, and she has this wonderful moment where she kind of, like, scrambles to come up with an excuse and then realizes there's there's no excuse. This is exactly what it looks like. Yeah. like I was You can't snooping. spin around and be like, it's not what it looks like. I was... Checking my email. Like, no. Yeah. And <laughs> all, she, all she basically says is, I think I broke your security system. <laughs> and he's like, and happens. He's not even upset about it. He's not visibly upset that she's snooping. He's not visibly upset that the monitor's turned off. So I'm under the impression that this is not something he's particularly perturbed by. Dom's very good at, like, keeping very neutral about everything. Yeah. But I get the impression that if she was really somewhere that she shouldn't have been, he'd have been much more angry about this. I think if she was heading to a place she really shouldn't be, she, she would have been en- stopped. She would have been en- encountered a locked door. Yeah. I do get the impression that for him, this is no big deal. Eh, she went and looked at the security cameras, whatever. Like, what's she going to do with it? Yeah. Okay, great. She's seen the statues. Yeah. Uh, instead, Dom is just like, hey, spoke with Larilyn. She mentioned you took off up here before you actually touched your breakfast. And seeing as we're going on a trip, you might want to have a bite to eat first. And she's like, a trip? And he's like, come with me. So they head back down to the veranda (laughs) where they have some tea, which Addie notes isn't as good as it was last night because she let it steep too long. Yeah, she was busy snooping and uh, ruined her tea. No, I I caught the the subtle metaphor there. Oh, no. It's not, suddenly things aren't as perfect as they were last night. Agreed. Dom even actually does ask on their way back down, do you have do you have any regrets about last night? Like he's checking in on her and she's like, no, about last night I have no regrets. And he's, he's visibly like, okay. <laughs> I And I'm just shaking my head and rolling my eyes. You What now? Oh, honey, no. Girlfriend, no. But they sit down and Addie makes herself a scone. Of course, the breakfast is laid out with all stuff she likes. Not surprised. Yeah. And she's like, okay, listen, pal. I want my stuff back. He tries at first to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she shuts that right down and is like, no, you took my stuff. I want it back. It's my stuff. Give it back to me. And Dom, to his credit, relents at this moment and is even like, you know what? I don't even know what this stuff is for. You know what that D20 is for, you jerk? Yeah. And she's like, no, no, I want it back. It doesn't matter. And he 
kind of sighs and produces all the things. But there's one thing he does not give back. Well, he produces it. Yes. And does not give it back. He very specifically does not give back the ring that she found. And this prompts what is probably the more interesting conversation in this chapter, which is, Addie, where did you get this thing? And Addie's like, you tell me. You're the one who made the magic ring. Where would I have found it? And he does not have an answer for her. Which leads me to believe that our previous theory about it being planted... Is wrong. Is wrong. Because Dom was unaware of that ring. He doesn't say it out loud, but he did not know that ring was there. Also, I'm not sure he knows what it is. No. um, He has his own one ring. And Addie even asks, like, well, how many rings of power did you make? And Dom kind of is like, uh, just the one on my finger. Except that Tess has rings. Yeah, but she doesn't have a one ring. No, but she has rings. Addie has a ring. Arthur doesn't have a ring. He has a cell phone. Well, and he has, I mean, the passcodes to the castle. Mm-hmm. The point is, there are multiple rings. And yes. now Dom has multiple rings, one of which is, I'm guessing, unknown to him. Yeah, there's the one ring, and then there's the ring that we don't know what it does. Yeah. And Dom is legitimately in the dark about it. Like, his demeanor, the way he talks about it, he does not know what this ring is. And he's keeping it because he doesn't want Addie to have it. Because it could do anything. Well, he doesn't know what it does. Yeah, it could be another one ring. He doesn't know. Kay. And that's that's a little crack in the facade there. He's a little concerned about that. Right? But this one is Arthur's ring. This ring is of Arthur's making, anyway. We don't know that for sure. Well, because Arthur was in charge of the maze and the spiders. So, so would one he not would... have also been in charge of the little... Cthulhu-y shrine to get into the labyrinth there? One would presume, but we don't know for sure. No, we don't know for sure. That's me making a somewhat educated guess. That's but fair. it is possible that it is Arthur's ring and it was hidden, because Arthur's keeping it on the DL. Maybe. Hard to say. We still don't know what Arthur's little triangle does either. Yeah, we don't know what the triangle does. We don't know what the amulet on the, the manifesto does. Yeah. Because Dom does ask, did you read this manifesto? And Eddie's <laughs> like, yeah. Harris Lang is a terrible person with terrible ideas. It doesn't make what you're doing right. She kind of buries the lead, but delivers the message. Yeah, she finally does deliver the message from Harris Lang. And Dom is just like, what? She sort of tacks it on at the end of a paragraph when she's talking to Dom. She's like, oh, yeah, Harris told me to tell you this, by the way. And I was like, oh, okay, we're just going to drop that bomb real subtle, like. Yeah, he's a little confused by it at first. But Addie is using it mainly to underscore, like, you think you pulled one over on Harris, but he knows exactly who's behind this. Yeah. He had you pegged from day one that you'd be the one to do this. He knows you did this. So if you think that you've gotten away with something, if you think you're one step ahead, you're not. Which leads me back to the point I made before. Dom isn't as good as spycraft as he thinks he is. He is not a master of espionage. He is no Varus the Spider. <laughs> no, he's Dom the developer. Yeah. He's good. He's not that good. So after Addie crams a scone in her mouth, she's like, so where exactly are we going? What's this trip we're taking? And Dom is like, we're actually going to be making our way to Tor Camelot because it looks like everybody else is headed there too. And maybe we can finally put an end to this. And Addie is like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're going, but uh, no blindfolds this time. And Dom is like, all right. (laughs) I think Dom is reluctant to stand up to her or treat her like a prisoner because he still wants her on side. Yeah. Right? So he gave her her stuff back. Yeah. Or at least most of it. Yeah. The stuff he doesn't think... think is important. Agreed. 
I think maybe he was expecting her to still be that delicate flower. He's maybe a little surprised he's getting some pushback right yeah, now. Yeah, right? And he's not entirely sure how to deal with it, but he knows he needs her to come along with things. Yeah. He... Like, he can't afford for her to be stubborn and obstinate and refusing to help. Yeah. And he he has won her over a little, but he hasn't won her over all the way. And I get why he feels like he needs to bring her to this meeting at Tor Camelot, because I get the impression Dom might be inclined to leave her behind where it's more safe Mm -hmm. and secure. But if he showed up without her, there would be trouble. Yes. Torres and the mercenaries would cause trouble. And that would be bad. So Very bad. he needs her there to make sure that everybody knows that everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Addie's here. She's fine. Addie, tell everyone how fine you are. See, see how fine she is? She's wearing your boots. Yeah. So I, I get that's why he needs her to come along. I really wish we had another point of view character for a little while because I'm really curious about what's happening with the group. Oh, we'll find out probably next chapter. Right? Because so far, no one has invaded to try and rescue Addie, which we thought maybe would happen. The shield is still up. Mm -hmm. So either the unring didn't work or... There's a different plan in motion. Or there's a different plan in motion. They're like, okay, it will work, but we have to time it just right. Or it will work, but we actually need to go into the castle to use it. Who knows? Which is easy for them to do because Arthur has the passcode and is just freely advertising it to everybody who happens to be listening. Except he hasn't done it near a statue yet. It's just he hasn't done it in a place. Which, I mean, thank goodness. Otherwise, Dom would already be in the castle taking over the island. Which is actually a very terrible idea, as we've already discussed. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. A bit of a shorter chapter, a little bit of useful information in there, but I feel like this chapter is kind of setting us up for, I'm going to call it like the final push into the third third act. Well, we're running out of chapters. Yeah, there's only about six chapters left, uh, so we are coming towards the end of the book. We'll we'll get into end of the book stuff as we actually get there. Oh, of course. We won't talk about that yet. Don't read ahead, no spoilers. No, 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 of course not. Uh, So now that we've gotten to the end of this chapter, Mm -hmm. I think... Dom has gone from simply being wrong about Addie to underestimating Addie. Yeah, I get a feeling about that too. That's how I feel because she woke up, <laughs> she woke up, was wronged, right? Mm-hmm. And she became this angry force of nature. Yeah, she stormed out on Laralyn. She confronted Dom about it. And right? I, he, I agree. He was caught off guard by that. Yeah, I think it's going to continue because the ball has started rolling. Between last chapter and this chapter, I think the ball has started rolling, and I think Dom is now in trouble. Well, here's the other thing, and this is this is an interesting point. We, last chapter, were discussing how Addie kind of gave in to her want this last chapter. Yes. And in this chapter, she recognizes that. Yep. Because she actually has a moment of introspection where she's like, this is the exact kind of escape that I've always wanted. And now that I'm here, it's unsatisfying. It feels so hollow. Yeah. It feels... Kind of fake. She woke up with that question about the dishes still rattling around in her head. And apparently the night before when they were having a sexy time, she found out that Dom's ears have no sensation. Yeah, dead. Completely dead. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, like it's more and more little things that are like little cracks in the facade. Yeah, she calls it out again. She's like, it's inorganic. Like it's forced. Yeah. Right? Nothing, there's nothing real or natural about it. So she... Went all the way into the fantasy last chapter, and she's already pulling back. Yep. Because she's recognizing it for what it is, and that's good. Yes. Yeah. We'll see if she does more of that as we get into next chapter. 
Uh, that would be chapter 24, which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. In the meantime, uh, you know, in order to be the lead designer of this large theme park attraction fantasy world, Dom probably had to get some pretty decent education. I would imagine that uh, you might also be looking for a decent education. If you or your kids are currently looking for schools, uh, the Edmonton Public School Board is currently hosting open houses, and uh, you can find out more information about that uh, now. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to Edmonton Public Schools Open House. Meet the staff and ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs. Explore your options and find the school that feels right. Find event dates and learn how to make the most out of your visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. Edmonton Public School Board. Woo! supporting the Alberta Podcast Network. You can find more information about them, the other sponsors, and the other member podcasts right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. While you're there, you'll probably uh, find something that you want to check out. You can download it on your podcatcher of choice. Please do. You can give us a little rating and review on that podcatcher. Oh, we'd like that very much. Because it's probably where you're catching our podcast. Well, that just makes sense. Yeah, you can also reach out to us on social media. Yes, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Pick your favorite. You can also send us an email. Yes, we are thereadalong at gmail.com, and we are at thereadalong on most of our other social media. Yes, and uh, with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. For journeying? Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs>